1: We're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more.
2: Shouldn't you be at work? 2-0
3: Yeah.
0: 2-0. 2-0 Lampard brilliant. brilliant It was in now That surely crossed the line Oh, oh. It's, it's so far in Thanks
2: very much Seth Latte Clean sheet I call it is, uh, It's one of the most important things in, in football Nice to see the whole fans brilliant. Emil Hesky Could it be five? Yes, it is!
4: Paul Bowden to take it.
2: Oh, and he's hit the crossbar! Gerard, is Carroll! What a goal by the England striker! That's why he was brought in, and he's done the job. Saved! John Pickford! England on the brink.
0: Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back into to score quickly, yes or no? Yes.
1: Oh, oh. He has to, no. oh. hey, Hello and welcome to Quickly, Kevin. Will he score Euros? Episode one. The tournament is underway. I'm Chris Gold. Joining me, as always, Josh Whitaker.
4: Yes, please. Here we are.
1: The summer of our lives. Yeah, it's so exciting, isn't it? And joining us, fresh from being on Wikipedia, learning about why North Macedonia are called North Macedonia, it's Michael Marden. Hello. Hello. Well, well, well.
4: Here we are. Our first proper Euros show after two previews. It's currently 8pm on Sunday. Normally we'd start with the electronic post bag and the 90s o'clock news. I suppose, Chris, do you want to just give the 90s o'clock news the England result?
1: England won Croatia nil. Our first ever victory in the first game of a European Championship Finals, and what a day it was! The sun is shining. I am so dehydrated. I don't know about <laughs> everyone else. I've tried. I'm on my fourth pint of orange squash.
4: You you very much remind me of a you know a tabloid story about. Paul Skulls in Japan, that kind,
1: that kind of <laughs> tournament. You, you're, you're John Aldridge, aren't you? In the uh, in the Dallas Bowl or whatever it's called. I said losing my head like Jack Chowell in this heat. <laughs> <laughs> Very um, England versus Scotland at Euro '96. The weather today wasn't it? Just the it um... looked so much like England versus Scotland, didn't it? Yeah,
4: it did look like England versus Scotland. You're like, am I tricking myself into this looking like England versus Scotland? I don't know. Um, but also, I know they're both Wembley, but they're different stadiums, but they've managed to make the new Wembley suddenly looks like the old Wembley on TV. I don't know what's happened there.:
1: Yeah, it felt like the, the old Wembley. although I don't think I've ever watched a game and had as much contrast issues where the shadow was. I mean it was we were watching it in your gardens. It was the sun was on the TV, but there was a very lit part of the pitch and a very dark part of the pitch. In a way, I don't really think I've seen before.
4: It, it was insane. You'd think they'd have, they'd have checked this would be. But what, what am I being thick? But that's not that the roof is stronger than normal. That must be that the sun is brighter than it's ever been before, right? <laughs> the roof's not blocking out more sun. How does that even work? Like surely, it's, how bright was today? That it was. Did they have the floodlights on as well on one side of the pitch? I don't know how it worked, <laughs> Michael. What are your thoughts on what you witnessed this afternoon?
3: Well, it's it's a strange one. There was a sort of a very unconventional and difficult-to-process competence and professionalism to that result and that performance. Like, we never looked like we were in trouble at any point. We just kind of clinically were the better team. There were no mistakes. There were no errors. I don't think there was ever a point where I felt like, we weren't going to win that game, which is, as an England fan, is a very alien place to be. It felt like it must feel to be a German.
1: Yes. Is this what happens when you're good? Is this it? Yeah,
4: (laughs) like it felt when we scored. So I was trying to process afterwards why that goal didn't feel as exciting as scoring against Tunisia in the first game of World Cup 2018. And I think it's because in all the other previous tournaments, I know in my heart that we're bad and I need us to score to prove to me that I'm wrong and we're actually good. Do you know what I mean? So, every previous tournament, I'm going into it knowing that this is a team that doesn't doesn't have what it takes. Yeah. So, I need us to prove me wrong in my heart. So, when we score... I th- it's a moment when I think, "Oh, I was wrong," but now, yeah, it's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah." I thought we were good, and, he, and even if we hadn't won, I thought, "Ah, we'll be fine because we're good." Do you
3: yeah. know what I mean? Pre- yeah. I think previous tournaments have always felt a bit like a sort of. A partner who forgets your birthday or anniversaries, and you're like, oh, yeah. please don't, please don't let them forget. And then they'll turn up with some flowers from the garage at the last minute, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, they're not that bad. Whereas tonight, it's yeah. like, no, they remembered and they got a present that was really nice, and I really liked it. Oh my God, is this, is this the future? Are we going to marry this England team?
1: <laughs> Can I just temper this uh, celebration a little bit? No. I-, I, I thought it was, yeah, no. It was a bit England versus Tunis- Tunisia, uh, France 98. I just felt like, yeah, that was a good start. Is the opposition any good? I'm not sure. That was a really good start. Do you know what I mean? I still feel like I need yeah. to see more, but but it's a great start. But, let's. But let's
4: it's difficult for them to do that without playing their fixtures too soon. You can't you can't lay it on England that they've only won the one game they've played. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not fair on them to go. I need three. I needed three wins today to really win me over. <laughs> Can we not play three teams at the same time? Yeah. I mean, I, um, I I felt
3: like we are better than Croatia. Like, and we should have won that game. I don't think you can dispute that. You know, I know they beat us in the yeah. World Cup, but that was three years ago. Their best player is now three years older, 35 years old. But we didn't draw that game. And I think historically we would have drawn that game and then we would have had to sort of sugarcoat it and go, well, you know, we never start great. That never felt like happening. Yeah. I felt like we were just the better team. I, I can't really remember a Croatia chance. No, neither can I.
1: There wasn't really. There was no moment where it was like, oh, we're in trouble. It was nothing. And yet st- still it felt nervy at times. Yeah, but that's just life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's,
4: like that. oh, that's just living life, surely. Like even, uh, even Steve Davis must have felt nervy when he was winning all those world titles. Like Even Michael Jordan got nervous. Not that I'm comparing us. I think um, it just felt kind of so professional, didn't it? It did. It just felt like, get it done, bang. That's that dealt with. Like, let's move on. I don't want to speak too soon. I'm not going to say we're going to win it or anything. But I feel like whatever you say about Gareth Southgate, I think he's created a completely different atmosphere inside and outside the England team towards the idea of the English national team.
2: Mm. If
4: you remember what a fucking shambles 2016 was, only five years ago, we were going into a tournament with Wayne Rooney playing central midfield for the first time. Do you know what I mean? That's that's insane. I know. Imagine living in that world. And now it doesn't feel like an amateur operation. It feels like people that know what they're doing. And it feels like the team is really confident and happy. And I got the feeling with the England team for most of my life that it always f- felt slightly like an apprentice task. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there was always that feeling. It was just slightly getting out of control and someone, someone had mixed up kilos and ounces and it was all going <laughs> to go wrong. Do you know I, what I, I mean?
1: would argue the English, England team is worse than the apprentice because at least on the apprentice you've got a good chance of getting fired quickly. The two year <laughs> <Yes>. cycle is <laughs> an apprentice task <laughs> that lasts two years and you can mess up along the way And you're not getting fired until it really is a proper disaster. You're not getting fired until you're losing to Iceland, having just gone up to Paris with Ray Lewington. I'd
4: love uh, someone, uh, if someone wants to do it, you don't have to, but to take all of the terrible moments in English World Cup and European uh, Championship history and edit in, Bits where Claude's like looking up from his notebook, looking disappointed. Just
1: <laughs> is Karen Brady shaking her head and looking like, her, like they really... As Steve McLaren pulls out the umbrella in the rain against Croatia in 2008 or wherever it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I just, can I say my feelings about this Croatia game uh, are divided... Up until 20 minutes, I felt one way. And after 20 minutes, it slowed down. But after 20 minutes, when Phil Foden hit the post, I literally said, just hand over the trophy now. Why are we bothering with a charade of a tournament? Because after 20 minutes, we looked unbelievable. The heat slowed us down a bit. But I mean, if we fire like we fired in that first 20 minutes, if that shadow casts itself across the whole pitch and cools this team down,
2: <laughs> we're well, going to be on flames.
4: Th- this is the problem, Chris, is that our players aren't used to playing... In international tournaments in countries like England, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the altitude in Wembley is yeah, they're just not built for it. <laughs> Should we not have trained for this kind of thing? It feels like we're just not ready for the climate. The
1: only reason that Raheem Sterling got the winners because he was used to, he was used to the air in, around Wembley, having grown up there. He was yeah, the one; he had a natural advantage, advantage. <laughs> <laughs> so that no one else on the pitch could match. Um, Maybe at
4: this point, we recorded our feelings uh, throughout the game. Well, at the start and at halftime, and then just after the goal. And I think it'd be nice to just revisit them now to get a feeling. You know, it's easy to be wise after the event, isn't it? We only won 1-0. But um, let's see how we felt throughout the afternoon. Please,
0: please the journey starts England. here. The first chapter in what England hope will be an epic tale starts with a
4: rematch of the world cup semi-final so um england's anthem has
1: just gone how are we feeling skull pretty nervous i was really nervous however i just spoke to your brother henry and he said to me there's no jeopardy in this game because the top three teams from the group will go through so actually he's hoping for a difficult point or maybe i would 100 percent take a point now
3: although i would love us to attack them and go into a tournament, beating a good team in the first game. Like, we've never had that kind of momentum before. I
4: was just thinking, as I was getting changed, I was thinking, I've got no lived experience to call on that implies that we could win. I've never experienced yeah. us beating a good team in the first game. We've
1: never won a fir- the first game of the Euros before. Well, the worst thing is, what's this going to be like to listen to tomorrow? <laughs> Quietly confident. I will say, just in the build-up, I don't know if you saw it, there was lots of uh, 90s references in the BBC build-up, including Yuri Geller. You'd like to think we've had some influence and the cultural touchstones of the country have been influenced (laughs) by what we've been doing, you'd hope. Well, let's hope. Right, let's do this. It is the first time since... Shouldn't you be at work?
0: Oh, here's
3: Gascoigne. Gascoigne, you are going to finish it here!
0: surely crossed the line Oh, oh. It's, it's so far in thanks very much Seth
2: clean sheet I call it it's uh, one of the most important things in, in football nice to see the whole fans you? Emil Heskey, could it be five yes it is
4: Paul Bowden to take it
2: oh and he's hit the crossbar Gerrard, it's Carroll! What a goal by the England striker! That's why he was brought in and he's done the job. Saved!
0: John Pickford! England on the brink! Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Well, oh, he uh... No!
1: Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin Will He Score Euros Episode 1. The tournament is underway. I'm Chris Gold. Joining me as always, Josh Widdicombe. Yes, please. Here we are. The summer of our lives. Yeah, so exciting, isn't it? And joining us fresh from being on Wikipedia, learning about why North Macedonia are called North Macedonia, it's Michael Marden.
3: Hello.
4: Hello. Well, well, Wow. Well. Here we are. Our first proper Euros show after two previews currently 8pm on Sunday. Normally we'd start with the electronic post bag and the 90s o'clock news. I suppose, Chris, do you want to just give the 90s o'clock news the England result?
1: England won Croatia 0, our first ever victory in the first game of a European Championship finals. And what a day it was. The sun is shining. I am so dehydrated. I don't know about <laughs> everyone else. I've tried, I'm have i on my fourth pint of orange squash.
4: You you're very much remind me of a, you know... A tabloid story about Paul Skulls in Japan, that kind, that kind of <laughs> tournament. You, you're, you're John
1: Aldridge, aren't you? In the uh, in the Dallas Bowl or whatever it's called. I said losing my head like Jack Chowell in this heat. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Very um, England versus Scotland at Euro '96. The weather today, wasn't it? Just the it um... looked so much like England
4: versus Scotland, didn't it? Yeah. It did look like England versus Scotland. You're like, am I tricking myself into this looking like England versus Scotland? I don't know. Um, but also, I know they're both Wembley, but they're different stadiums. But they've managed to make the new Wembley suddenly looks like the old Wembley on
1: TV. I don't know what's happened there. Yeah. It felt like the, the old Wembley. Although I don't think I've ever watched a game and had as much contrast issues where the shadow was. I mean, it was. we were watching it in your gardens. It was, the sun was on the TV. But there was a very lit part of the pitch and a very dark part of the pitch. In a way, I don't really think I've seen before.
4: It, it was insane. You'd think they'd have they'd have checked this would be in it. But what, what? Am I being thick? But that's not that the roof is stronger than normal. That must be that the sun is brighter than it's ever been before, right? <laughs> the roof's not blocking out more sun. How does that even work? Like surely. It's, how bright was today that it was like, did they have the floodlights on as well on one side of the pitch i don't know how it worked <laughs> <laughs> michael what are your thoughts on what you witnessed this afternoon
3: well it's it's a strange one there was a sort of a very unconventional and difficult to process competence and professionalism to that result and that performance like we never looked like we were in trouble at any point we just kind of clinically were the better team There were no mistakes, there were no errors. I don't think there was ever a point where I felt like we weren't going to win that game, which is, as an England fan, is a very alien place to be. It felt like it must feel to be a German.
1: Yes. Is this what happens when you're good? Is this it?
4: (laughs) Yes. Like, it felt when we scored. So I was trying to process afterwards why that goal didn't feel as exciting as scoring against Tunisia in the first game of World Cup 2018. And I think it's because... In all the other previous tournaments, I know in my heart that we're bad. And I need us to score to prove to me that I'm wrong and we're actually good. Do you know what I mean? So every previous tournament, I'm going into it knowing that this is a team that doesn't doesn't have what it takes. Yeah. So I need us to prove me wrong in my heart. So when we score... I th- it's a moment when I think, "Oh, I was wrong," but now, yeah, it's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah." I thought we were good, and, e- and even if we hadn't won, I thought, "Ah, we'll be fine because we're good." Do you yeah.
3: know what I mean? Yeah. Pre- I think previous tournaments have always felt a bit like a sort of. A partner who forgets your birthday, or your anniversaries, and you're like, "Oh, yeah. please don't, please don't let them forget." And then they'll turn up with some flowers from the garage at the last minute, and you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, they're not that bad." Whereas tonight, it's yeah. like, no, they remembered, and they got a present that was yeah. really nice, and I really liked it. <laughs> and, oh my god, is this is this the future? Are we going to marry this England team?
1: <laughs> Can I just temper this uh, celebration a little bit? No, I, I thought it was, yeah, no, it was a bit England versus Tunisia, Tunis- Tunis- uh, France ninety eight. I just felt like. Yeah, that was a good start. Is the opposition any good? I'm not sure. That was a really good start. Do you know what I mean? I still feel like I need yeah. to see more, but but it's a great start. But, let's. But let's it's honest. difficult for them to do that without playing their fixtures too soon.
4: You can't. You can't lay it on England that they've only won the one game they've played.
1: Like it's, <laughs>
4: no, not, it's not fair on know. them to go. Oh, I need three. I needed three wins today to really win me
3: over. <laughs> Can we not play three teams at the same time? Yeah. I mean, I, um, I I felt like we are better than Croatia. Like, and we should have won that game. I don't think you can dispute that. You know, I know they beat us in the yeah. World Cup, but that was three years ago. Their best player is now three years older, 35 years old. But we didn't draw that game. And I think historically we would have drawn that game and then we would have had to sort of sugarcoat it and go, well, you know, we never start great. That never felt like happening. Yeah. I felt like we were just the better team. I, I can't really remember a Croatia chance. No, neither can I.
1: There wasn't really. There was no moment where it was like, oh, we're in trouble. It was nothing. And yet st- still it felt nervy at times. Yeah, but that's just life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's, like that. oh, that's just living life,
4: surely. Like even, uh, even Steve Davis must have felt nervy when he was winning all those world titles. Like Even Michael Jordan got nervous. Not that I'm comparing us. I think um, it just felt kind of so professional, didn't it? It did. It just felt like, get it done. Bang. That's that dealt with. Like, let's move on. I don't want to speak too soon. I'm not going to say we're going to win it or anything. But I feel like whatever you say about Gareth Southgate, I think he's created a completely different atmosphere inside and outside the England team towards the idea of the English national team. Hmm. If you remember what a fucking shambles 2016 was, only five years ago, we were going into a tournament with Wayne Rooney playing central midfield for the first time. Do you know what I mean? That's
2: that's
4: insane. I know. Imagine living in that world. And now it doesn't feel like an amateur operation. It feels like people that know what they're doing. And it feels like the team is really confident and happy. And I got the feeling with... The England team for most of my life that it always f- felt slightly like an apprentice task. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there, there's always that feeling. It was just slightly getting out of control, and someone someone had mixed up kilos and ounces, and it was all going to go wrong. Do you know I, what I, I mean? would
1: argue the England England team is worse than the Apprentice because at least on the Apprentice you've got a good chance of getting fired quickly. The two year <laughs> <Yes>. cycle. <laughs> it's an apprentice task that lasts two years, and you can mess up along the way. And you're not getting fired until it really is a proper disaster. Until, you're not getting fired until you're losing to Iceland, having just gone up to Paris with Ray Livington.
4: I'd love to, uh, someone, uh, if someone wants to do it, you don't have to, but to take all of the terrible moments in English World Cup and European uh, Championship history and edit in, Bits where Claude's like looking up from his notebook, looking disappointed. Just,
2: <laughs> just Karen
1: Brady shaking her head and looking like, like they really... As Steve McLaren pulls out the umbrella in the rain against Croatia in 2008 or wherever it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I just, can I say my feelings about this Croatia game uh, are divided... Up until 20 minutes, I felt one way. And after 20 minutes, it slowed down. But after 20 minutes, when Phil Foden hit the post, I literally said, just hand over the trophy now. Why are we bothering with a charade of a tournament? Because after 20 minutes, we looked unbelievable. The heat slowed us down a bit. But I mean, if we fire like we fired in that first 20 minutes, if that shadow casts itself across the whole pitch and cools this team down, <laughs> we're well, going to be on flames. This,
4: this <laughs> is the problem, Chris, is that our players aren't used to playing in international tournaments in countries like England. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, the altitude in Wembley is, yeah, they're just not built for it. Should we not have trained for this kind of thing?
4: It feels like we're just not ready for the climate. The
1: only reason that Raheem Sterling got the winners is because he was used he was used to the air in, around Wembley having grown up there. He was the one, he had a natural <laughs> advantage. <laughs> <laughs> like that no one else on the pitch could match.
4: Um Maybe at this point, we recorded our feelings uh, throughout the game. Well, at the start and at half-time and then just after the goal. And I think it'd be nice to just revisit them now to get a feeling. You know, it's easy to be wise after the event, isn't it? We only won one now. But um, let's see how we felt throughout the afternoon.
0: The journey starts here. The first chapter in what England hope will be an epic tale starts with a rematch
1: of the world cup semi-final so um england's anthem has just gone how are we feeling skull pretty nervous i was really nervous however i just spoke to your brother henry and he said to me there's no jeopardy in this game because the top three teams from the group will go through so actually he's hoping for a difficult point or maybe i would 100% take a point now
3: although i would love us to attack them and go into a tournament, beating a good team in the first game. Like, we've never had that kind of momentum before.
4: I was just thinking, as I was getting changed, I was thinking, I've got no lived experience to call on that implies that we could win. I've never experienced yeah. us beating a good team in the first game. We've never won a fir- the first game of a Euros before. Well, the worst
1: thing is, what's this going to be like to listen to tomorrow? <laughs> Quietly confident. I will say, just in the build-up, I don't know if you saw it, there was lots of uh, 90s references in the BBC build-up, including Yuri Geller you'd like to think we've had some influence and the cultural touchstones of the country (laughs) have been influenced by what we've been doing, you'd hope. Well, let's hope. Right, let's do this.
0: It is the first time since 1992 that no Liverpool or Manchester United player has started for England. Foden, played in by Sterling. It's Phil Foden, he hits the post! What a great chance for England to take the lead inside the first six minutes. Raheem Sterling spotting the space. Foden taking it beautifully, turning inside Vardyol. So close to putting England in front.
3: Um, How are you feeling? Tense, I think. I think there's a lot at stake here. We're playing well. It's
1: half-time in England-Croatia. The first 20 minutes was really frenetic. It was like, this is a big tournament. And then nothing happened for the following 25 minutes. It's hot, isn't it? It's boiling. Um,
4: A lot of our players are quite pasty. You feel Foden's... Back to the days of Paul Scholes losing all that weight. I think... uh, Oh, God, we're just not going to win, are we? We're just not going to win. That doesn't mean I don't love the team think they're going to do well, but we're just not going to win our first game against Croatia. I'm,
1: I'm more positive about the second half. I think Southgate would have... You've got to G them up after that. I think that first half was probably quite tense. We're in the tournament now. It's begun. Hopefully, we'll see something better in the second half. And maybe... Yuri Geller's got the chopper off the ground (laughs) he's got flight clearance hovering around Wembley maybe he can make something happen exactly Exactly. fingers crossed
0: Walker Phillips that's better from England still Phillips feeding Sterling Sterling England's first goal of the European Championships is the first goal of a major tournament for Raheem Sterling born in the shadow of Wembley he puts England in front against
4: Croatia. So, obviously, uh, the first thing I'd say best time to score a goal is not while holding your sleeping baby. That was <laughs> absolutely <laughs> awful. Um, the reason we're talking in hushed tones
1: is because the baby is still sleeping. Um, How are you feeling now? I'm glad, on reflection, we've scored late, well, into the second half rather than in the first half. Oh, my word. Croatia going forward, and it's gone wide. Thank God for that. Um, I'm feeling more settled into the game. I think the team are feeling more settled now. We've still got Grealish to come off the bench.
3: I I don't want to say it, babe. it could be going well. Michael? Yeah, I still feel like if we can see this game out, I think that's real progress.
4: I think the worst thing is I feel more nervous now we've scored.
3: Yeah.
1: I've been waiting 60 minutes to settle it, and now I feel worse. <laughs> you know, I, I feel exactly the same way. And I think it's like shadows of uh, the World Cup semi-final where we went 1-0 up. Yeah. Like, I, I know what happened from here, but hopefully this, England, this English team could write a new narrative. What I am struggling with is sitting next to your brother Henry, who's one of these... Oh, oh. Who's particularly pessimistic. oh. About England are making a break. That's Bow, a free kick. Be a free well, kick have to that England. free kick, please. Yes, it is. Yeah. Right, but we'll broadly, just... it's going Come well. On. It's coming high. Sixty home. minutes. It's not, it's let's not just see what going happens. well. It's coming. I home. think let's
3: let's stay live for the free kick. Okay, stay live for the free kick.
1: Trippier's had a go and hasn't covered himself in glory. Do you remember when he used to be called Trippier, and he spent <laughs> two years
4: in Spain, and he's given <laughs> Trippier. <laughs>
1: But can you not feel I already feel myself falling in love with this England team. Sterling, I kind of thought maybe he needs to come off, but he's pulled it back. There's already a, st- a hero yeah. story there.
4: I, I tell you what, Calvin
3: Phillips is one of those people that's going to end up playing every game now, isn't he? Yeah.
1: I kind of didn't realise how good he was.
3: He's been fantastic for Leeds this season, but he's the best player on the pitch so far. This is an England. So, what are we on?
1: 65 minutes? This is a good position for a free kick. And who stood over that? Don't know. Mason Mount. Mason Mount
3: no one else around him no one well. else around
1: him so at
4: least get someone to run over it just get James Ward Prowse to run over it even though he's not allowed to kick it if this goes in
1: it's definitely coming home, home. Mason Mount here he on. comes
0: oh. we have played our four minutes of added time there may be one last storm to weather England've got to be alert it's half clear and it's way over the top And there is the four time whistle. England win their opening game at a European Championships for the first time ever, thanks to Raheem Sterling. It has finished at Wembley. England won. Croatia nil.
4: Okay, so can I ask you guys some questions? First question
1: How much do you know about Calvin Phillips? Be honest. A Leeds mate had said he was good, but it, I didn't think he would really feature this tournament. Um, my word. The other one that concerned me, as I said as well, was Tyrone Mings. I thought I've seen him have a ricket for England, seen him have a ricket for Aston Villa, but I would say Phillips and Mings were probably the, our two best players. I thought they yeah. were incredible. And Calvin Phillips, well worth a Wikipedia to learn more. <laughs> <laughs>
4: would recommend would recommend sitting down tonight with Calvin Phillips Wikipedia. Uh
3: follow that with the North Macedonia Wikipedia chaser. Yeah. You're in for an absolute, yeah. absolute <laughs>
4: treat. Oh, what a lovely evening. <laughs> um so before the match the lineup was announced which there's been a lot of clamour for Jack Grealish. Can I make a point? Are the people of England aware that substitutes can be made?
1: Tell Terry Venables in the semi-final. You're <laughs> <laughs> <Euro> 96. six. <laughs> No wonder no and one people knows. People
4: are so wedded to that game.
1: Yeah, no one knows because the Euro <laughs> <laughs> That's For why we've people... never won a major tournament since 66.
4: Well, we didn't bring on any subs in 66 either, did we? Of course. <laughs> so that's our two greatest games in history. We didn't bring on any subs. We've got a history of not making subs. People act like they starting 11. We're allowed to make five subs in one match here, guys. People act like it's... The end of Jack Grealish's career if he doesn't start. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just found it quite kind of startling how upset people are about the England
1: selections. I know what you mean, but actually, I thought Rio Ferdinand made a great point on the on the punditry, saying that Jack Grealish is such an amazing creative player, going to unlock defences. What a gift to have him on the bench coming off. Actually, exactly. well, that, that really turned my mind, like changed my mind about that, because I was thinking, you're right. Sixty minutes. If something needs to change, you can bring on Jack Grealish. That's a whole new proposition for their defence. And I guess that's what's so exciting about this England can team. We take it back to can we take it back to the nineties? Can
4: we take it back to the nineties? Would that be okay? Yeah. To remind you that. In 1998, the first game we started with neither Beckham nor Owen.
1: Yeah, and at the time, we all thought that was a mistake, and it proved to be so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Michael Owen, the star of the tournament, Glenn Hodder was looking at him at the tournoi and beforehand, thinking this guy's not good enough, and then he comes on and steals. Well, the tournament. I
4: think he said, "I think he said he's not." A, I think, I mean, it's awful to retread old mistakes. Uh, But I think he said he's not a natural goal scorer, didn't he? Oh, God, (laughs) remark that. Which is Um, not the worst thing he said as England manager. (laughs) Um, How how much... Because I think the thing with me is I love these international tournaments so much. I'm not going to get angry about the selection because I just want to... I, I have to trick myself into feeling positive. I have to feel positive about it. Yeah. How much? How upset do you get about it, Michael? How
3: much? It doesn't really affect me that much. I thought the Trippier decision was slightly odd, seeing as you have yeah. got a Champions League winning left back, and then Luke Shaw, you know, had the season of his life and is in fantastic form. But you know, he played really well. We won the game. You know, let's let's move on. I'm more interested in how that performance is then going to impact the next team selection you know do you stick or twist is harry maguire fit enough calvin phillips was the best player on the pitch at what point do you jeopardize bringing in an unfit henderson for him those are the sort of variations that i think will be interesting as the tournament goes on
1: maybe this is a good point you know having just discussed gareth southgate's decision making he's he's won one nil can we turn to the redemptionometer yeah and see whether he's on track to being forgiven
0: gareth is on the road to redemption
1: there you go there we go the southgate redemptionometer
4: suggests he's on the road well i suppose it is true because he hasn't redeemed himself because this could all still go horribly wrong i mean there's something about this recording this podcast where we've recorded three or four years of non-topical podcasts where everything we say can't come back and bite us on the arse (laughs) because because the results we talk about have been enshrined in stone for over 20 years. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 clear England aren't going to win Euro 96. Peter Schmeichel's always going to be weak on chips. All these kind of things are just a fact. But now we've got this situation where, is this podcast going to sound the thickest thing that's ever happened in two weeks? <laughs> but Or are we creating a podcast that in 30 years, when England have won, I mean... It's not going to happen. But if we did win it, if we, just, just, just humour me. If we did win it, imagine having this record of exactly how we felt the night after the first game. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I've always wanted to do something where you're like writing or covering the, the Euros or a World Cup in some way. I've always thought that looks like an amazing job, and to be doing it this time and going, it couldn't, it couldn't be the time that we actually do it as well, could it? Yeah. Yeah. I should add that obviously most people are asked to do it, paid to do it by a company. We're actually paying money ourselves
1: to do it (laughs) and using our own time to do it. No one's (laughs) asked us to do this. It is. It is. This is going to be such a wonderful time capsule this summer. I often think of Samuel Peep's diary and think, he probably didn't know how significant that diary would have been, and maybe we don't did know he how make significant predictions about major tournaments. He did say that he was passionate about substitutions as tournaments progress, especially in the latter stages, maybe <laughs> even the semi-finals. <laughs> but sadly, I don't think Terry Denham was ever picked up a copy. Can I just say the the pre match coverage uh-huh. on the BBC very very nineties. Everything was really nineties today. Do you not know think they, they had a, a wicked, really good VT like trailing through? England's history at major tournaments since ninety six. And there were flashes of Yuri Geller in there. There was like there was a great bit where um they showed the Gaza goal against Scotland and Gary Lineker says the thing he's always wanted to know was how did Gaza know the bottle was going to be beside the goal for that celebration? That's very
4: interesting.
1: How did he know? Shearer kind of implied that he'd left it there. But, I mean, how are you going to know? They, he said they were talking about it on the way to the game. But then obviously those bottles were there the
4: whole time because they were playing in the unique hot climate of England in June, which we know is the hottest place you can play football.
1: And there was no shadows on the pitch that day, not that I can remember. So it wasn't like today. No. The, the other um, the other thing, you know... Uh, How nice was it seeing Phil Foden in number 20 with the big red letters, really Michael Owen-esque? Yeah. The last 90s note I've got is that how 90s was it wonderful to see all the fat blokes with their bellies out at full time? (laughs) (laughs) That was a real (laughs) straight of fat blokes. You don't see that at major tournaments, do you? I don't feel like I've ever seen that before.
4: No, that was very 90s.
1: It was tops off.
4: Do you know what? It it does feel quite an old time for there to be... Fat blokes in the crowd that you're worried about getting sunburn. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that kind of feeling. Um, Shall we put this to bed once and for all? I, can I ask you what sub you would have made in the Euro 96 <laughs> semi-final?
3: Oh, that's a good question.
4: Okay, so you got... Do you want the team?
3: I mean, I know what sub I'd make, but yeah. Oh, okay, go on. Well, I would take... Uh, with a minute to go, I'd take Gareth Southgate off and put Robbie Fowler on, <laughs> and then and then we win Euro '96. Basically done.
1: Um, did you? I don't know if you cat after straight after the England Croatia game, there was a a BBC a match of the day special programme. It was like the ten best moments of Euro '96 with Mika Richards and Alan Shearer. And Alan Shearer said on that programme, he wishes England had made a substitution with a few minutes ago to bring on Les Ferdinand to take a penalty. So that that last Les legal.
4: Ferdinand doesn't
3: ever think. I wish that had happened. <laughs> I
1: don't. Is Les Ferdinand a penalty taker? I can't
3: remember him taking penalties. I mean, if you have. had to choose between him and Gareth, you you're in Les all day long, there, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, well, while we're here talking about the BBC coverage, should we uh, should we just touch on the uh, the opening credits? That's always a yes. big a big deal, a big announcement for uh, major tournaments. What are your guys' thoughts on the the BBC and ITV opening credits? not classical stroke operatic enough for my tastes
4: i am a i am a traditionalist and i was brought up in 1990 and i also would give a a big shout out to the france 98 titles as well i like a semblance of highbrow classical music to give me a feeling that i am not just watching a world cup but i'm indulging in a cultural event
1: yeah if I had to describe my feelings on the BBC opening titles in one word, it would be overproduced. Do you think it's just too much?
4: There is a lot going keep on. keep it simple. For me, it feels like they've panicked about fitting every host nation into it. And uh, yeah. But I know Michael's staying silent on this. I've got, I've, I've got a terrible fear that Michael's edited the BBC's opening titles. <laughs> Do you
1: know what I think it's like I don't know? No, know Michael's about to tell us why he likes it, but is it not an acid trip? Is it not like uh, fearing loathing in Las
3: Vegas? What
1: like if someone took LSD there?
3: I agree with uh, what you both said about the sort of heritage and prestige, but I think. The problem with subsequent ones is that they have lent into that, but they've not gone far enough. So you've got this horrible kind of middle ground where they're tipping a hat to essentially like the the shadow that Italia 90 casts. But this one, I think, is the first one in a long time where they've gone, do you know what? We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to do something completely different, a complete departure. And I really love the design i love the execution i think it's the right length i think the track is great i think the animation's great i've watched it three or four times now and you spot an extra little detail like every single time i like the fact that there's a lot going on i like the fact that it's sort of it feels like a kind of Michel gondry like white stripes music video from the the early noughties i'm I'm a big fan wow there is a thing also i should say that maybe i will come around to it
4: because I don't think I've ever watched the first time a titles for an tournament and not gone, Well, this is bullshit. This is, <laughs> every, every time I'm like, Well, this isn't as good as Italian IT. That thing that's been spent thirty years in my head. Every time I'm like, This is not what I remember. Do it like I remember. That's what I want it to be.
3: So maybe I will come round to it. Well, then speaking of Italia 90, obviously uh, the opening ceremony, did you guys both watch that? And uh, yes. a very that, strong that tip of funny. the hat back to Italia 90 with yes. uh, Andrea Botticelli singing Nessun Dorma. Thoughts? Loved it. Obviously
4: loved it. Because that, I actually, I was watching it, and I, I did think if I were to ever go on Desert Island Discs, and Dorma might sneak in as my uh, tip of the wink to the Fat we Radio 4 kind of thing. I think it's one of the most evocative songs in the world of my lifetime by possibly the top eight. We'll see
3: if I was on a desert island, possibly. <laughs> I love it. Am I alone in this? It's a great piece of music, but it's a great piece of music by association for me. Yes. Uh, what, I, what I thought about that one was, because you're so used to just hearing essentially the kind of crescendo, that bit that really gets you emotive. That version, I was like, this is quite long, isn't it? Like, When's, it, when's the chorus coming? <laughs> like, when we get into that, that bit that I really like. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But
4: I'd actually that day listened to it on Spotify. And there there is a long period where it's quite quiet. Is it? I don't know what it's from. What's it from?
1: It's from, I actually looked up what it's about. It's about, uh, he's singing about, is it some sort of competition where he wants, he's challenged this guy to find out his name. And in his song, he's singing, you're not going to find out my name. That's basically it. So There's nothing to do with football, not even slightly.
4: I just—I didn't think it was about you know Catenaccio. I didn't
1: like. <laughs> yes. I didn't think it was about Saki transforming AC Milan. He's he's singing about playing a right-sided fullback on the left-hand <laughs> side so they can cut in. That, that's an opera I'd watch.
4: <laughs> Do you want to hear something unbelievable? Germany used all three substitutes in the Euro '96 final I hate to go back to this, <laughs> but. Because I, I checked when I thought Michael and you were going to, you know, we were going to debate these. These I thought you might want the list of substitutes. I checked. So Germany did three subs. Venables just stood there as they bring on Thomas Hassler, Marco Boda and
3: Thomas Strunz. Did any of those take a penalty?
1: Yeah, he brought Strunz on in the 119th minute and he took the second penalty. And actually yeah. Thomas Hassler came started, on and yeah. his They were the first two penalties yeah. to take us. So his first two pens were subs. But, I mean, we scored our first five, so. The real, the real tra- like, travesty of that is, like, so our, we score our first five penalties, Shearer, Platt, Pierce, Gascoigne, Sheringham, and Southgate. Southgate's number six. So that means you've got Adams, Anderton, uh McManaman, Int, not taking pens. But they're, like, before him. Crazy, yeah. really. Seaman. Seaman. Um
4: I'd back him to take one. I, it is, anyway. I think it's an astonishing feat that we're discussing this, even in the first episode.
1: <laughs> even having given ourselves permission to talk about yeah, what's those happened said, today. I,
4: this is a travesty that you've gone topical. You've sold yourselves out. Listen to the episodes we haven't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're serving no one at this point.
4: We're serving absolutely one of the people who are
1: tuning in to hear us talk about topical disappointed in the fact we're talking about Euro 96 but they've all people who want to hear that have left
4: (laughs) (laughs) Um, how does this make you feel about the rest of the tournament because England won the first game of World Cup 2018 but not in convincing circumstances
1: uh, but look, I'm, I'm super excited. The pre- the pressure's off England-Scotland on Friday. All eyes on that one. The pressure's off on that one. But, I mean, it's exciting, isn't it? We've got a good team. The sun's out. It's Austria versus uh, North Macedonia. That was exciting. I've got football fever. This is set up perfectly for us. It couldn't be better. The, sh- the shadow at Wembley aside.
4: Yeah. I also think maybe 32 teams in a World Cup is slightly too many to keep track of all the teams. Do you know what I mean? 24, I feel like, you know when there's a big Netflix box set? You know, someone goes, oh, you should watch The Sopranos. You're like, there's six seasons of that. I'm just, I can't I can't imagine starting it knowing that's the <laughs> That's maybe how I feel with the 32 teams of the World Cup. <laughs> but these 24 teams, it feels manageable. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm watching it going, oh, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to seeing um, Wales versus Turkey, actually, because... I've heard Turkey good, but they were bad against Italy. But so maybe they'll be better. Do you know what I mean? So there's, I'm just very excited about the 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 whole thing. Yeah. Now, can I just table a theory? I don't know whether there's anything in this, but you know the the, the shadow at Wembley. Do you think? Kieran Trippier is one of the few players that could take the full sun. So they've had to move him <laughs> to the other
3: side of the pitch. A, se- a season in La Liga has <laughs> been the nature of his eyes have adjusted. Luke Shaw would have been over there squinting like a blind man. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Luke Shaw I love came that. in from warm-up and went, I can't take it. Yeah. I can't have it. <laughs> Kieran, you're going to have to play on the left, mate. I'm sorry. There was actually a bit where Kieran Trippier chased a ball across the pitch and he actually stopped when he got to the shade because he couldn't do it like like a kind of reverse vampire Um, do write in if you've got any theories on this kind of thing uh now on the topic of um excitement uh our friend and regular contributor matt ford was at the game today I said, can we speak to you between 9 and 10? And he said, no, he'll have had his first drink of the year, so he thinks he'll be asleep. However, it's 8.53. Should I just try calling him? Yeah. yeah. To see what it was like at Wembley. Yo. Matt Ford, how are you?
2: Not bad, how are
4: you? All right. um, Tell us how it was to be there today.
2: Firstly... It's so surreal to be in, basically, an empty Wembley. Like, it feels empty when you're there. So you've got so much space around you, which in a way is quite pleasant. You can cross your legs and everything. So that's weird. So the first game of football you've been to for a year and a half, and then it's England in a tournament. And so there's a mixture of things all in one. The main thing being, I don't think I've ever seen us play that well, just completely composed and relaxed.
4: It was professional, wasn't it?
2: And I'll tell you what, we were right up in the gods, you could see the whole pitch. We never looked in danger, ever. At no point. It was completely organised. And then, you know that sort of first five or ten minutes is a bit where Foden backhealed it in the 18-yard box. They're so comfortable that they're doing this. Yeah. It was bonkers. So was just, in, in a way, there was no tension in the ground at all. It felt so relaxed. That's what like, it
4: felt like watching it on TV. It didn't feel <laughs> tense. It was so relaxed. And what was really odd was like there... It was just like a, a, a night, it felt like going to see something at the
2: Olympics, that's what it felt like. Yeah, plus some hardcore. I mean, I've never seen too many people on drugs at a football match. <laughs> people were absolutely like, red faced, wired. People just one bloke just got to you and you, you ready to get involved, mate? <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> So we we would just do this like no bit of in the cards. But honestly, the demographic is mad. It's basically like Those weird cricket people who look like pedophiles are there on their own. Plus, like, I would say, normal, law-abiding folk, plus, like, yobs. And you're like, basically, what part of the crowd do you have seen? I had a pedophile behind me, yobs to my left. I was like, fucking hell. Raffi would have written an amazing song about it. It was incredible. And then there's a bit where, in, like, the vomitry area, it's all fine. It goes ballistic. Two lines of police come in and stop you moving anywhere.
4: Yeah, I just oh. one of them. oh,
2: my tickets on that side, you went the yeah, age go through, mate. I was like, what? <laughs> and then people start throwing pints at them, and then it kind of all ended. I was like, this is. It was. It was almost like no one knew how to behave. Oh wow! Some people were really nice. Some people were yobs, and as I say, you know, some of them were paedophiles. So it was kind of a real mix of all the <laughs>
4: some, something for everyone. It was a <laughs> real smorgasbord. Like,
2: the Sterling goal was great. Because he,
4: uh, and just everyone looked great.
2: No one. Pickford was the only
4: one with his feet that was a
2: bit, you know. Off. Yeah, but
4: he's the goalie. But he's the goalie. Yes. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you can't give him that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it was just great. You like, you know what? Actually,
2: he kept you know, picking it up, didn't he? He, he was that uncomfortable. This <laughs> kept picking it up. You know, if you don't win it, I, I just feel so. Relaxed about what Southgate's done to England, the way we play now. I'm like, look, if we don't win it this time, it's just not our time. But I just think this is going somewhere. Yeah, it's still a work in progress, and it's in the right way. Like we've never played it like this before. It was incredible.
4: It It was amazing.
2: Yeah, I I don't think I've ever watched England and felt like that. Just so relaxed. You know what the Sweden game just
4: relaxed around drug addicts and (laughs) (laughs) paedophiles.
2: The effects they have on you. I mean, that's how grooming works. Isn't it? It quickly the <laughs> the uh, can
4: I ask one question that we've been debating a lot on yeah. TV? The contrast between the shadow and the sun was unpalatable. In the ground, did it feel weird?
2: You know what? It's a really good point because I didn't even dare say this to anyone else there. But I kept seeing a helicopter, but only the shadow of it.
4: So what you do you mean, Yuri Geller?
2: Who's the-, <laughs> <laughs> the Crystals? But it was just a phenomenal.
4: Oh, I'm glad. It,
2: but so surreal to be uh, basically in empty Wembley to see it. It would be really odd. Und- re- but in, in some ways, it was great. There's so did you, much space.
4: Did you want to go more? Will you go again?
2: Yes, so I've got tickets for Scotland and Czech Republic. So I'm just going to try and go to every England game that's, in, that's at Wembley. I just think... Just,
4: they're the just England your system. crowd. They're just your kind of people, aren't they? It's rather you find a place where all the people like you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: man. But you just, it's, it's so good to be at football. Yeah. So, and then your first game back... I haven't been to a football match in nearly two years. My first game back I was in England at Wembley. And we looked great.
4: Wow, Matt... It's a pleasure to talk to you.
2: Oh, man, this is always an honour, and I just wish we could have all been there together. Also, <laughs> this is the first time I've had a pint.
4: <laughs> no shit.
2: Two, 200 days.
4: Oh, wow, how was it? Well, I was only
2: meant to have two, but I had six, and I felt great. <laughs> 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 I'm you, the NHS don't know shit, mate. It's a fucking pandemic. This whole gout thing's been a scam at the, the start. We're
4: going to cut you off there, Matt. We're going to cut you <laughs> off.
2: I'm being silenced. Piers Corbett says you guys are full
4: of shit, by the way. All right. Thank you very much, Matt Ford. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Cheers, Fordy. There we go. Oh, great. I love, the amazing rug pull that he's had six points at the end really was worth it. <laughs> well,
3: I hope he does go to every game because we've got, we've got a man on the ground. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. So do we think Yuri Geller was hovering above Wembley?
4: <laughs> I mean, you're the man that's got the in with him now. Right. Yes, yeah. so we had him on last leg on Friday night. Only via Zoom, I should say. And man, he's an interesting—he's an interesting bod. Do you know what he's doing this time though? He says he's wishing—he's not wishing, obviously—he's using his powers to help Scotland beat England because he feels it was unethical what he did in Euro '96, so he's got to rebalance it.
1: God no!
4: I know. Bad news, right?
1: (laughs) 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 I just any advantage we can have. I'd want Geller on side, if I'm honest. Would you? Even though I suspect it's a load of old. Do you think
4: Yuri Geller's more or less important, going to have more or less
1: impact on the tournament than Jack Grealish? Can I just read you a tweet? I just, just clicked on it, Yuri Geller's timeline just to see if he was in a helicopter today. No mention of it. But he's Yuri Geller, 30th of May. Okay, my dear Scots, I decided to help you beat England. I believe you will with my powers involved. Oh, man.
4: Oh, my word. Don't need it, do we? No. Does it worry you,
3: Michael? Not really, no. I'm not a superstitious (laughs) man. I think he's a snake oil salesman. So I'm willing to say I, between now and the Scotland game, are going to read up on wizardry, and I'm going to use my powers against Yuri's (laughs) in a battle of good versus evil. And we'll see who's who's stronger, Yuri. Me versus you, mate. Let's go. (laughs) Well, we'll
4: talk about that on uh friday's episode uh which will be our scotland versus england preview episode released on friday morning so you can all enjoy it on the day for the build-up we're releasing two extra episodes this week on wednesday and friday for our patreon uh members we will be doing three episodes a week all tournament i think uh in the latter stages it goes slightly stranger because of the order of the fixtures but we don't let's not get into the details people uh, Mondays are uh, released on our normal feed and then Wednesdays and Fridays are for our patron XJ8 uh, members. So do sign up to that if you want to hear us throughout the month. Um, now we're also doing uh, giveaways uh, throughout the month. Michael, you have your first giveaways.
3: Yes, very exciting. We have got a whole bundle of football, 90s football and Quickly Kevin goodies to give away. I've been going crazy on eBay. Stuff will be arriving in the post. But for the first episode, we are going to give away uh, it is a Letters for Town football shirt and a Letters for Town uh, mug to one lucky Patreon member. What I've done is I've put every single Patreon member's name into a giant supercomputer slash piece of free software. I press a button. And then that machine spits out a name. Whoever it spits out is going to win the Lettuce of Town shirt and the mug. Okay. And we're going to be giving away prizes on every single episode to Patreon members. Right. Here we go.
4: And the winner is Peter Cantwell. Peter Cantwell. Peter Cantwell, come on down. I hope your size is extra small because that's the shirt. <laughs> um, I, we will uh, we will get in touch with you and uh, you will win those prizes. There will be more uh, extra eBay bought. I was going to say rubbish, but it's not. It's all stuff, actually, that I'd really want and would try and tell myself that I wasn't disappointed that Michael had bought it and not just given it to me. (laughs) Um, So uh, that will be given away in each episode. Now, it's not just England. I think we really need to address the tournament from the start. It would be remiss of us.
3: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with You don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.